Any sort of last thoughts about... De- <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. It went down the right. pipe. Welcome, listeners, uh, to the Wabash Valley Beat. I am your host, Brian Anderson, Director of Economic Development for Wabash Valley Power. I'm joined by Austin Arceo, our Digital Marketing Specialist, and our General Utility Player for Wabash Valley. So a lot of the images and written words and a lot of video, things like that, but we're going to be in a little bit of a unique situation because you're on the other side of the microphone this time. I am. So um, why don't we... Start off, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, kind of what your job entails and kind of what your background is, how you came to Wabash Valley, what you did before you came here. So in a past life and, and my sort of professional background from really almost high school on was to be in print journalism. That was everything I did. I started doing sports stringer work in high school, went to DePaul and got into media there. Made the switch from sports to news and my career started out in print before I got into communications. It's been through all of this and through the development of technology that I picked up photography and some video skills, uh, other digital skills, things that aid in storytelling. And that's what I like to think of myself as ultimately I'm a storyteller. And the storytelling is really why we're here today. So we had a unique opportunity to work with Citizens Electric in Missouri, who's a member of Wabash Valley. I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit about who Wabash Valley is, what our relationship is with citizens, and how we kind of work together. Yeah, so Wabash Valley Power Alliance is a, we call ourselves a cooperative cooperatives. We were initially founded in the early 1960s by five Indiana electric distribution cooperatives. They themselves were founded by their local residents when uh, electrification was happening throughout the United States, but a lot of the companies that were going in and electrifying cities weren't necessarily going out into rural areas. And so through the New Deal, rural areas had an opportunity to sort of get government loans as they created electric cooperatives. And as cooperatives were developing, they needed someone to be able to negotiate for contracts on their behalf. Up to that point, these electric cooperatives were individually going and negotiating contracts with the power generators individually. And so that's how Wabash Valley Power actually got started in 1963. Since that time, we now are owned by 23 different electric cooperatives, and we're a power provider for those 23 different electric cooperatives in primarily northern Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri. And Citizens Electric is the electric distribution cooperative that we serve in Missouri. Great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of the the company that we worked with, what the program was, because this was a new program and they were really the first to take advantage of this. But citizens had been working with this company prior to our engagement with them. But maybe you can kind of lead us down that and sort of starting with, now, who is the company? Who are some of the players here for the story that we're going to talk about? One of the things that as a wholesale power provider we do is we work with electric cooperatives to ensure that they can meet the needs, the energy needs of the businesses on their lines. And it's not un- uncommon for those electric distribution cooperatives to work closely with the local economic development corporations, to work with us as a wholesale power provider to help not only overcome any potential hurdles or challenges that they may have and, and try to make sure that their needs can be met, but also to support them with economic development incentives. And so the Workforce Automation Grant was a new incentive that we were offering. And I just knew that company called Carriage House was the recipient. Carriage House is actually owned by Buckeye Incorporated, and that's where they come in. Buckeye owns a half a dozen different companies in different industries 
there in, in southeastern Missouri, and they're a major employer in the area. They employ more than 600 people in total. And I think the fact that they were the first recipient of this grant really speaks to the relationship that they've developed over time with Citizens Electric. It's been a longtime family-owned business through the years out there in Missouri. And Carriage House was located in Scott City, and they were looking to relocate to St. Genevieve. St. Genevieve is going to be a little bit closer to the retail stores that Buckeye owns. Carriage House was building cabinets for some distributors, but then also for their retail stores. And so it made sense for them to be a little bit closer to where more of their operations were, as well as just some things were changing. And it was really interesting because all of this was happening at the same time. It was just the project happened where they were getting this grant to not only move their business to St. Genevieve, but also to sort of try to allocate space, warehouse space for the retail side of the house. So if I understand correctly, citizens had actually worked with Buckeye on some things with a a USDA program. And basically Buckeye had come to citizens and said, hey, you know, you have access to this USDA funding. Can you help us get some of this? So how did, how did Buckeye really get familiarized or even be made aware of this program that, you know, at that point it was just a pilot, right, for, for Wabash Valley? I think that's where it really underscores the, the, the strength of the relationship that Buckeye has with Citizens Electric. They have a really open dialogue between folks at Citizens and then the business team over at Buckeye, where they do talk back and forth about what options are available, what incentives are available. And so when this grant came about and we were looking for someone to pilot, um, Citizens Electric had shared that information with Buckeye, and they knew it was available. And so as they made that transition from Scott City up to St. Genevieve, they reached out to Citizens to inquire to see if it would be a good fit. And then obviously, they were identified as, as someone who would be a good partner and a potential fit for this. So so how did this grant work? I mean, I, I know you've said it's workforce automation, but what does it really fund? How do you el- how are you eligible for it? You know, how did the company qualify for what Wabash was looking to do? Yeah, so essentially the grant allow allocates for up to $15,000 for up to 15 employees to be trained to work with new technology or work with new equipment. And the idea is that it could be either new people coming on board or people already employed who are transitioning to new positions or working with new technology. And so when the business moved to Scott City, some folks who worked with Buckeye in other positions were moved over and then some employees did move to the new facility. And so the the money was able to use to uh, help train the employees in their new location on what those positions were. Really the biggest thing that happened with the new facility, and I would say it was something that was actually really interesting and reflected on how co-ops can be responsive to business needs is that the facility that they're in now has uh, 100,000 square feet roughly for carriage house, but then it also has 100,000 square feet for the Buckeye retail warehousing space. And so the benefit was they were able to cross-train employees on both sides so that the carriage house employees could also work with the warehousing and meet those needs as they got retail orders or as they had to fill stores, things like that, as well as uh, the opposite where folks who were primarily working in the warehouse could also work and, and accomplish uh, carriage house needs should they need to have to shift focus. And because it's a, a automation grant, I assume there's some level of automation involved in how these employees are interacting with 
robots or different machinery and things like that that were fairly new processes to the company, right? So yes, they were able to use the grant funding in part to get equipment that allowed them to do their jobs more safely. So for forklifts, they were able to get, rather than manual forklifts that people would have to operate, they would they were safer options that were hydraulic lifts. They were able to more safely navigate between the aisles of the warehousing that they have, between the, the storage aisles. It is a large space, but it was also filled up very quickly. One of the things that, that Buckeye had experienced, as I think a lot of businesses did um, over the last few years, was that their online ordering just grew incredibly fast and exponentially. And so they had to, the warehouse space fill quickly because it was a, a, a critical business need. And so the equipment that they were able to get as a result of this grant, not only facilitated with the training, of employees to make sure that they could obviously use the equipment safely, but also enable them to get more safe equipment that they could use in the warehouse. And I guess, you know, when we talk about automation, we often think about robots coming in and replacing the worker, but that wasn't the case here. Like, they weren't letting people go so they could automate positions. They were bringing in machinery that, you know, increased the, the health and safety of the employees, but also allowed them to operate more efficiently was the the dialogue with the the HR people at at Buckeye or at, at Carriage House? Uh, how do they talk about how this program sort of helped them in that regard? Yeah, so they've been very much what you just said is that it uh, the technology that they've brought in has not only helped improve the flexibility of of employees and being able to work again in in both positions, right? Either working with carriage house or on the retail side of the business, but it also has improved safety. This is not the first time that they've done an automation project. And in fact, uh, speaking to the strength of their relationship and partnership between Citizens and Buckeye, a few years ago, Citizens Electric had helped Buckeye get an interest rate loan through the USDA's Rural Economic Development Loan and Grant Program, or the Red Leg Program. And that's a unique program that the USDA offers through rural electric distribution co-ops that they can go and and sort of work with businesses on their lines. And it's really to try to promote job growth and retention in rural areas. As part of that, Buckeye had a major project where they were doing a number of different things, but one of those things was incorporating more automation in basically their grain lines, their seeding grain lines. What the automation project there did was not only cut down on the number of people that were needed to accomplish those tasks, but it actually immediately became quantifiable because of how automation works. You have robotics that are on the line. You're able to use analytics to see what they're able to do, and it becomes much more predictable. But the bigger thing was those employees that were that were no longer on the line could instead be reassigned and, and do other work. And at the same time, it also became safer because you didn't have workers lugging bags that were 50-plus pounds all the automation kind of took care of that. And then the only time that it wasn't going to be automated was at the final stage when you had an actual forklift that people were driving, you know, someone was driving to take it from where it was being completed to the storage area. It really was a perfect example of how it can make people safer. And they were also talking about how it actually helps with healthcare costs as a business. That would have been something I wouldn't have necessarily had considered, but it was a huge benefit to them as well for that. You know, and that that's, I think, um, you know, really interesting because, you know, the whole program for workforce automation grants was driven by the fact that we saw companies not laying people off because of automation, but reassigning them into other areas. And one of those friction points was finding the training to move somebody from, you know, maybe a production to a maintenance 
type position or an inspections type position. And you know that, that really was the impetus for the grant. So it's interesting to see that this company was able to sort of be at the forefront of that and kind of deal with that issue, but then also take advantage of the program. So kind of going back to Carriage House and, and some of their development program and things like that, one of the unique aspects, I think, with this project was the building. So you mentioned the space that they're, they're occupying, but the building had kind of a cool story too. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so the building itself was actually formerly the, it was owned, it was a manufacturer for Built Best Windows and had gone out of business at that location. The building was dormant for some time. And then a couple of business owners in St. Genevieve actually bought it and had designed it to be a new business, a new manufacturing space. And in fact, they also got Parmu's rebates from citizens for upgrading the LED lighting, which of course, um, the benefit for, for carriage house being in there is that they're more energy efficient lights, which lowers their uh, energy cost because it uses less energy than what the previous lighting did. But the, the, the fascinating thing about that was, and, and that it was kind of a testament to Buckeye's success, was that while Carriage House was in there, it wasn't very long before they had an increasing need to kind of expand. So the building itself had been initially, it was quite possible to have multiple different organizations in there, multiple businesses in there. Carriage House had enough of a need that they ended up kind of taking over the entire space when it became available, and they're now the sole occupant. But it was it was interesting to hear the the history that it was a former window manufacturing facility stood dormant for for a long time, and now it was just purchased and was you know made for rent to be available. And all of a sudden now here's Buckeye coming in, and before long they needed the entire space. Yeah, and and just the fact that it was some local entrepreneurs that took the risk on that building and we're able to bring jobs back to that facility. It's just, it's just really kind of puts a nice little bow on that project. You know, and obviously, you know, we couldn't have done this program without the eyes and ears and the partnership with the cooperative, with Citizens Electric. So I think the, the, the really neat thing about that, that story is the fact that you have local entrepreneurs that took a risk, invested in that building. Obviously, that had been a source of jobs for the community that ultimately had gone away and through the work of, of the Power Moves, which is our efficiency program, and some other, you know, obviously some risk taking by local individuals, we're able to bring jobs back to that facility, bring vitality back to that area of the community. And I, I've been to that building, I've, I've driven through it, I've, I've marketed that building to, you know, possible projects. And it was, it was, it needed some work, it needed some investment. So it sounds like, you know, that was a real win-win from that end. But obviously none of this would have been possible, you know, from our aspect without the eyes and ears of the local cooperative. Any, you know, kind of additional stories um, or, or involvement with them that you can think of that kind of helps us kind of put a, put a bow on this project? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really kind of underscores the value and benefit to the business of what a positive relationship can be with their local electric cooperative. One of the things that we didn't mention is that I, while the two entrepreneurs for the Built Best building received Power Moves rebate money for that particular building, the, by virtue of its size, obviously, Buckeye owns you know numerous facilities and buildings throughout southeastern Missouri. And going back, I think, almost 10 years now, they've received various Power Moves rebates on a variety of projects they've done. I mean, it includes LED lighting. It includes HVAC system upgrades that were energy efficiency upgrades, a variety of different projects. And so I think it really underscores the 
value of that communication, they get to know Steve, who Steve Alsey is their key accounts person down there, citizens. They know him very well. He's on a on pretty much a, a cell phone type basis where, you know, if they need to call citizens, they know they can get him. They have his cell phone number. They can talk directly to him. Same goes for other employees at Citizens Electric as well. And, and Citizens Electric, you know, has a large service territory. They serve a number of businesses. But I think that's really the strength of, of the electric co-op sort of culture is that we really as employees, we, we live in the community. We're oftentimes on co-op lines. You know, I work for a power, you know, the power provider here. I'm on the lines of one of our member cooperatives. And when they have that communication and go back and forth, I mean, they really do want to make sure that businesses and organizations know who they are. And they really want to make sure that they're approachable, they're responsive. They understand the significance of the economic development that takes place in their community and the role that business has in their community. And they want to make sure that business Businesses have the resources they need to be successful. Excellent. Well, Austin, sounds like a really fun story to tell. Seems like you had a really you know good experience working with a company and talking to them. I know you were kind of a jack of all trades with this one. You you went down, you filmed a video, so you wrote a great story about this that's up on our website. So I appreciate you taking the time today to, to talk to us and be a part of the podcast today just to, to tell the story. I mean, I think it's a it's a really significant thing that we did. It wasn't a, a huge sum of money, but it seemed like we were able to, to help them do a lot of good for that community. Thank you. And, you know, it, it's a perfect example, though, while this particular project was not necessarily a lot of money, you know, the Red Leg loan was for significantly more. The power moves, rebates collectively, some were big, some were small, but when you look at that money over time, it, it wasn't insignificant. And co-ops are always there to help businesses. Great. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Thank you for tuning in today. And we will uh, be back in a few weeks with another story from Austin. 